if you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. Nine years ago, I had an experience that I still can't fully explain. Maybe it was my brain playing tricks on me, but it was unusual, as nothing similar has happened to me either before nor since. When I was a teenager, my friend, let's call her Sarah, and I went to a local festival that our town hosts annually. This event is essentially a community gathering with street shops, live music, and the like. It's actually quite boring. However, one special feature is the opening of several historic buildings that are typically closed all year, except for this day. Now, this part is a bit cringy, but we were weird teens after all. We thought it would be fun to enter the largest of these buildings and search for ghosts or anything paranormal, since we were pretty into that stuff back then. We wandered around the building, which was an old cabin from the 1860s, but the presence of other people somewhat ruined the experience. We decided to wait until everyone else had left, before going up to the second floor to start recording. The upper floor of the cabin isn't very big. Once you climb the stairs, you face a small child's bedroom. There's also a short hallway to the left that leads to the master bedroom with another small closet area inside. That's all that there is up there. Anyway, we went into the child's bedroom first and started recording in there. We joked about the mirror being haunted, made fun of a straw hat that we found, and even joked about seeing a ghost in the window. However, nothing unusual actually happened. Once I got bored of that room, I decided to check out the master bedroom, but Sarah wasn't quite done looking yet, so she stayed. When I was in the master bedroom, I filmed around for a bit and then filmed in the small closet, but again saw nothing. As I turned out of the closet, though, I was surprised by a girl that I hadn't seen before. I didn't even hear her approach me. She asked me what I was doing, and being the introvert that I am, I was embarrassed to be recording a closet. So I stopped recording, and quietly said, nothing, and went outside to find Sarah. When I got outside, however, Sarah wasn't there. But a minute later, she came out and asked, why did you just leave me in there? When I explained that I thought she had left me, and that I had encountered a random girl, Sarah said, That was me, and you just ignored me. That's when things became really strange. The girl that I saw did not resemble Sarah at all. Sarah is short, blonde hair with blue eyes, and was wearing a white shirt with shorts that day. The girl that I saw was much taller, had dark brown hair and eyes, a longer face, and was wearing a dark blue shirt. 
I didn't look to see what type of pants she was wearing, but her voice was deeper than Sarah's as well. It was like talking to an entirely different person. After that, I really didn't believe that it was Sarah that I saw, so I decided to look at the recording, but of course it cut off while I was filming in the closet, just before the girl approached me. I distinctly remember stopping the recording after seeing the girls, since I was feeling embarrassed about filming in a closet, so that really confused me. It was like something you would see in a horror movie, where you think you have proof, only for it to miraculously disappear. Unfortunately, I don't have that video anymore, since this was almost a decade ago. Even if I did, it would only show me filming that room before it abruptly ended in the closet. I'm sure that anyone reading this might be skeptical, as I would be, but it's definitely one of the most unusual experiences that I've ever had. As I said, it could have been my brain playing tricks on me, but you would think experiences like this would happen to me more often if that were the case. Some of you may also think that I was just imagining it, since I was specifically looking for ghosts. But we'd done this countless times before, with nothing like this ever happening. I also don't think that I'd imagine a ghost that looked so lifelike. This was like encountering any other person on the street. It didn't seem paranormal at all. All I know is that this is an experience that I will never forget. The OP then added what they labeled a rather long update. After replying to comments, I was reminded of other experiences that happened after this that are related, so I'll tell them below. There are two things that I would like to point out, however. I was 16 at the time, and she was 15, so we were young, but not little kids or anything like that. I'd like to also point out that Sarah and I were mentally in sync, if that makes sense. I mean, we thought almost exactly the same, to the point where it was creepy. We even used to make fun of it. She's a very positive person, and I'm a negative person, so we would make fun of that old opposites attract proverb. I mean, we were so in sync that we would have at least 12 jinx moments where we would say exactly the same thing at the same time, every time that we saw each other. And these weren't common expressions. These were just random sentences and phrases every time. We actually wondered if we knew each other in past lives, and that's why we had that connection. I'm not sure if past lives are real, but if they are, I have no doubt that we'd have met. We also had this weird ability where we seemed to be able to sense when one of us was about to call or text. We'd get this feeling, and within a minute, it would happen. It was such a strong connection that our other friends even noticed it and pointed it out to us several times, so we know that it wasn't just us. That all sounds completely made up, but it's not. I've never had that connection with anybody else in my life and I'm afraid that we lost it after she moved, and we lost contact, but I cherish those memories. It was such an unreal experience, and one that I hope everyone can have at some point in their life, but I don't think that many do. Anyway, 
the reason I decided to bore you with that long explanation is because when I saw this strange girl in the cabin that was apparently Sarah, it really did seem like a completely different person. I didn't have that special connection with this girl, and it was like talking to a complete stranger. I think that's one of the reasons why I remember the experience so well. Alright, now I'll get on to two other experiences that I was reminded of that I think are related to this one. The first happened the afternoon after we visited that cabin. During our time in the cabin, we took this old shoe buckle that we found. We weren't the best of people. It was about one and a half or two inches long, and that afternoon we were jumping on her trampoline with it, trying not to get hit by it, because why not? I distinctly remember that it fell off five times. Up until the fifth time it fell off, we had no problem seeing where it landed and retrieving it within a few seconds. But on the fifth time, we couldn't find it. We both saw exactly where it fell off, and it was right between the springs, so it couldn't have gone far. We both searched for it for about an hour, both under and within a 50-foot radius of the trampoline, but we just could not find it. I even went back a little later with my metal detector, and it was nowhere to be found. To this day, we've never found it, and we both joked at the time that it probably went to another dimension. The second experience is very similar to that one. We also took this old button from the cabin at the same time that we took the buckle. Again, we weren't the best people. After we spent about an hour looking for the vanishing buckle, we decided to do the same thing with the button. And I'm not kidding when I say that it also disappeared the first time that it fell off. After that, we decided to just go inside because it was creepy that two things from the cabin disappeared in the same way. The difference here is that we actually found the button about a week later in the clothes basket in her closet and she swears to me that she did not go looking for it later. There's always the possibility that she did look for it and planted it there, but it didn't seem like she was lying. And we had an excellent ability to tell when the other was lying because of that special connection that we had. I do still have that button as well. Alright, that's the end for now. Upon reading it all, it does seem like a far-fetched tale, but... This really was just one long, unusual series of events. I've never had anything quite like it happened before or since. I'm sure there could be a logical explanation for everything that's happened, or maybe it really was just a series of unlikely coincidences. I'll never know for sure, so you can make of it what you will. I do know for sure that she and I had a connection unlike anything that I've ever experienced. So, I at least know that that much is true. And maybe that connection is why these weird things happened to us. I had just recently purchased my house and my old washer and dryer wouldn't fit. Plus, they sucked, and my wife hated using them. 
so she sent me on a mission to buy a new set. I did not do my research, and as I'm standing in the Lowe's appliance department coming to grips with what I'm up against, my contractor neighbor walked up behind me. He helped me pick out the exact units that I was going to purchase. I bought them, and then life got weird for a few minutes. When I got to the truck, with my two large boxes, there stands my neighbor waiting for me. I thought he was waiting to help me load them, but he just looked at the boxes and said something like, That's a gas dryer. You don't have gas. I bust his balls for a couple of moments about helping me pick the wrong units out, and it was as normal an interaction as I could have had. I went inside to do the return walk of shame on the items I literally never even left the parking lot with, and my neighbor walked to his truck. I'm at the return counter. The girl behind the register asked me my name. I told her and handed her my receipt from five minutes prior while explaining the situation. Without even looking up at me, she says again, Name? I tell her my name a second time, and she says nothing while typing into the computer. In comes my neighbor to the return desk with a gallon of paint. He waits in line behind me, saying nothing. The girl behind the register looks up at me and says, Name, sir? I tell her my name for the third time, pointing to the receipt on the counter, and try to explain the situation again. She types into the computer some more, and for what was probably a solid minute, says nothing at all. Another girl at the return desk finishes with another customer and comes over to help. The new girl says to me while they both stare into the computer screen, Name? A fourth time. I give them both my name. Without taking their eyes off of the screen, the new girl says, and I kid you not, I'm sorry sir, but you don't exist. I got sort of lightheaded after she said that, because I was already thinking how strange this was. I said back, I don't exist, or I'm not in your system. Without answering me, the second girl says to my neighbor, Sir, I can help you over here, and moves to the next register as my neighbor walks past me, and without another word to me, returns his paint and walks out the door. Then, almost as if nothing weird had happened, the first girl just says, Well, here, my name. Here's your return. You'll have to purchase the new ones and we'll refund you for the ones you mistakenly purchased. Without even going back to appliances, there behind me stands a guy with the units that I needed on a dolly, ready to help me buy and load them into my truck. My neighbor was gone, but when I asked him about it, he didn't think there was anything weird about the whole thing. I, on the other hand, had an existential crisis, and I only barely managed to hold it together. My father passed away over this past winter after a long battle with leukemia. He and I were close, and he actually passed away when my fiancé and I were having some issues, 
and I had decided to spend the night at my parents' house. He wanted me to handle everything when he passed so that my mother wouldn't have to. He knew that she would be a mess, and knew that I could still maintain a strong exterior, even when being an emotional wreck on the inside. So, weirdly, it felt like he waited until I was there to die. And, unfortunately, the image of him lifeless the next morning is something that I don't know if I'll ever get over. Anyway, I decided to stay with my mom for a while, through the holidays at least, to help her adjust to being alone for the first time in 50 plus years. I was staying in the one bedroom that was upstairs. She still slept in their bedroom on the main floor. My partner and I were still having issues, so I wasn't sleeping well. I was up late most nights, just stressed from all angles. I was also out of work at the time and stressing about interviews. One night, while I'm laying in bed watching TV, I get a text alert. When I look at my phone, I have a message from my mother that read, I know you're here with me. That seemed like an odd 3am text, so I replied, Are you okay? I didn't get a reply, so I decided to go downstairs and check on her. She was asleep in her bedroom, snoring away. I was weirded out, but I figured I would just ask her in the morning if she remembered messaging me and then immediately falling asleep. Before heading back upstairs, I went to the kitchen to grab some water, and while passing through the living room, I saw her phone charging on a side table. I grabbed my water, and I went back upstairs to double-check the timestamp on the message, thinking it had actually come through earlier or something. Maybe there was some kind of delay. And in the morning, I asked my mother about it, and she had no idea what I was even talking about. She went and grabbed her phone from the living room and seemed to be as freaked out as I was. We kind of laughed it off awkwardly and said that it was my dad reaching out from beyond the grave and left it at that. But it's always bothered me the way that it was worded. If my dead father were to text me, wouldn't it be, just know that I'm here with you or I'll always be with you? Something along those lines. But instead, it said, I know you're here with me. As if I've died too, or am soon going to. Or it read like something a living person would say to the dead. I've thought, maybe he's in another timeline now, where the family is all together. I just don't know. I think about this often because I have no explanation for receiving the text since the phone was in a room alone when I received a message from it, and even resolving to it being delivered much later than it was sent, I do believe my mother in her confusion about it. She doesn't use her cell much anyways, and was using it even less because she was overwhelmed by people calling her and the house phone to check in on her. I just needed to get this off my chest, and see if there's any other interesting theories about what it meant. Like, maybe I'm dead. Maybe my dad 
is alive in an alternate universe. I just want to start by saying that I don't really believe in the supernatural and any of that weird stuff. I've never had any evidence that such things happening in my life personally, but this is just something that I can't explain at all with normal logic. It all started on a normal Tuesday morning. I woke up, got dressed, brushed my teeth, made breakfast, and then headed out the door for work. The commute was the same boring car ride I always have, every single morning. I don't do much outside of work aside from the occasional bike ride around town to get my exercise in, so I'm used to how mundane everything feels. Well, I guess I was used to it. Everything on this particular day just kind of felt... off. My car seat didn't feel right. The color of the car itself wasn't the normal navy blue. It felt brighter, more pale. The toast that I made didn't taste right. Maybe that was down to the bread going bad and me not checking before making it, I don't know. But there was definitely something wrong with the immediate world around me. Neighbors outside mowing lawns and walking their dogs. The dogs not being the same kind as I remembered. The golden lab that my neighbor Gary had was seemingly replaced by a small Doberman. Maybe he got a new dog, I told myself. Gary also looked like he'd had dyed his hair blonde. I never knew him to be the type to dye his hair in the 15 years that I've known him. Midlife crisis, maybe? Regardless of all the weird stuff that my brain seemed to be picking up along the way, I got to work without anything making me stop in my tracks. That is, until I got to my desk and noticed it was on the other end of the office. I asked one of my coworkers why my desk got moved, and they looked at me confused, stating that it had always been in the far left corner since before I'd started working there. That's what prompted my brain to dial in more closely. Everything around me was a shade too light or too dark, one centimeter to the left or right, or was just flat out across the room from where I thought it normally would be. I felt like I was in an episode of The Twilight Zone, albeit a pretty boring and tame one compared to most of those topics. I tried doing my work for the day, just brushing off any inconsistencies I felt along the way. Then I clocked out for lunch. I went to my favorite sandwich shop only to find it closed. Not just closed, though. It appeared old and vacant, like it hadn't been occupied in years. I feel like I got pulled into a different world, one where everything was basically the same but just a little off. I called my boss to let them know that I wasn't feeling well, and that I wouldn't be coming back to work after my lunch break. So, I drove home ignoring the obvious inconsistencies that I was experiencing. As I'm walking up the steps to my apartment, I saw a woman coming out of it. It was my ex-girlfriend, whom I had broken things off with about a year prior, or thought that I had. What are you doing here? I managed to blurt out. A look of confusion and hurt rushed over her face. 
I was already out. I just forgot my keys, but are you all right, babe? She answered. Babe? Not only did my actual ex never call me babe, but even if she did, she wasn't my girlfriend anymore, so she had no reason to be calling me anything. I... Sorry, just never mind. Having a bad day. Where are you going? I decided to play along to see where this thing went. To work? It's Monday, you know, she said. Right, well, just have a good one, I guess, I said through a fake smile. She looked at me for a second, contemplating if she should investigate further, but then she kissed me and left. I stood there for a few minutes, stunned, confused. After all the fights and the pain and the screaming, to feel a kiss from her again was so alien to me but comforting at the same time. I walked inside and plopped myself on the couch. The room felt like it was spinning. Too much weird for one day. After about 20 minutes, my brain finally had had enough and shut itself down. I awoke about 8 hours later to my dark apartment. I noticed that my girlfriend was nowhere to be found. Instinctively, I called her, and when she picked up, I heard the same deadpan tone I had after we finally said our goodbyes for the last time. I hung up before she could even finish her sentence. The next morning, I did exactly as the previous day, or any other day. Woke up, got dressed, made breakfast, and headed out the door. My car was back to its normal navy blue. The car seat felt like it fit properly again. The toast was even back to normal, and my neighbor Gary was walking his golden lab sporting his usual brown hair. I went about my day, worked at the desk in the far right corner, where it always was, ate at the sandwich shop that hadn't closed down, and after that, I never saw another thing out of the ordinary to speak of. I have no idea what happened to me. My only guess is that I glitched out of my world somehow and ended up in a near-identical one, but some things were slightly off, like the color of my car being a different shade, or an entire painful breakup that seemingly never happened. Hey Raven, I just wanted to start by saying how much I love your podcast. It's seriously become a highlight of my day, and I always look forward to listening to it. Your storytelling skills are incredible. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Now, let me share this crazy story with you. So, I'm from another country, and every summer my husband, our four-year-old daughter, and I head overseas to visit my parents. Family time is a big deal for us, and since both my daughter and my mom have birthdays in September, we always plan our summer vacation to coincide with those special occasions. This year was no different. After all the birthday parties were over, and just before we were about to head back to the US, we decided to take some epic birthday pictures with the whole family. We set up in my parents' front yard, decked out with balloons and all the festive stuff. 
we were all posing and snapping away, having a blast. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed this girl in her 20s strolling by with her dog. Now, I gotta tell you, I've never seen this girl before in my life, and I pretty much know everyone in our small town. But, hey, I didn't pay much attention, and we went back to capturing those precious moments. As I was focusing on taking individual shots of my daughter, this girl suddenly stops and comes over to us. She asks, Hey, do you want me to take a group photo of y'all? Well, I appreciated the offer, but I let her know that we already had plenty of group shots. No harm done, right? I then went back to my task at hand. But here is where it gets weird. She just stood there, still lingering around like she had something else to say. I couldn't quite figure it out. Finally, I turned to her and she asks, Hey, isn't your husband in the Air Force? Can I ask him some questions? Now, that caught me off guard. I looked at my husband and he's such a friendly and talkative guy, so he didn't mind at all. They started chatting away and I watched as my parents slowly made their way inside to prepare dinner, with my daughter following closely behind. Now, here's the kicker. As I joined my family inside, my dad tells me that he knows this girl. Apparently, she always asks him about how I'm doing and when I'll come to visit. But get this. I have never, ever seen her before. And let me tell you, our town is pretty small, and we mostly have Caucasian folks around here. But this girl, she's stunning and looks South Asian. So... I'm positive that I would have remembered her. Trying not to dwell on it, I decided to help out with preparing dinner and setting the table. I pushed the weird encounter to the back of my mind, but as we were halfway through our meal, my husband was still outside talking to her. My mom, bless her heart, suggested that we invited her in for dinner. I mean, she seemed nice enough, so I went outside and told them to continue their conversation inside, Turns out, her fiancé is also in the Air Force, and, lately, he's been acting strange. That's why she was bombarding my husband with questions about how to help her fiancé and all that. Once everyone was seated and my husband started eating, the girl turned her attention to me. And here's where it gets even crazier. She starts reminiscing about how we used to walk to the bus stop together when we were around 20 or 21 years old. But here's the thing about that. I always walked to the bus stop alone. I never, ever walked with anyone. Yet she knew all of these details about my job back then and everything. It's like she had insider information on my life. She even knew my name, and that I had moved overseas. I'll be honest, Raven... The whole situation was just plain bizarre. She ended up staying for what felt like an eternity that night. Like she didn't want to leave. Meanwhile, deep down, I was desperately hoping that she would get the hint and find her way out. It was such a peculiar and uncomfortable experience, I can't even begin to explain it. Well, after she left, 
I couldn't stop thinking about the things that she told me. So, I asked my dad about her again, and like he told me before, he sees her all the time out with her dog. He says that she's super nice and always asks about me, making sure that I'm doing well. He told me that she is the daughter of the guy down the street that we always talked about when I still lived there. We talked about him because he never greeted anyone, and he just seemed grumpy. But never did anyone mention a daughter back then, and I also never saw one. Apparently, she's even older than me, so she indeed must have lived on our street before I did. I still do not remember ever having met her, and I have a great memory. I even remember details from elementary school, but I can't remember a single thing about her. Never even seen her at a store, a party, or school, and we all went to the same school in town. It's just so bizarre, and it feels like she knows me from a different reality or universe, but I never met her in this one. It's like a glitch in the Matrix or something. So, there you have it, Raven. This is the mind-boggling story that happened to me, and I just had to share it with you. Keep up the amazing work on your podcast, and I hope you find the story as intriguing as I did. If you have any thoughts or questions, let me know, and thanks for being such an awesome storyteller. Hi, Raven. First, I would like to apologize because English is not my first language, so it'll be a little hard to explain what happened to me. I found your podcast channel on Spotify around a month ago. I especially enjoy your glitch stories. I have to admit that I felt relieved that I'm not alone. Most of my family and friends think that I'm crazy because these weird situations happen to me all the time. The most unsettling situation that I can't explain was around two months ago. At that time, I was in my dorm studying for exams. I was nervous, so I took a walk for groceries. I took my big black backpack with me, locked my dorm up, and unzipped my wallet. There was also a little pocket with a zip, so I put the key in it. First, I would also like to inform you that I have OCD, so I'm always checking things again and again, where I put items, if I locked the doors, etc., in this little pocket in my wallet, I always keep a USB with my schoolwork, and also my key. This is important information. Sorry for the long text of explaining, but please bear with me. I put my wallet into the backpack and walked outside. At the grocery store, everything went as normal. As I was paying for my stuff, I removed my wallet and paid with my card, and then immediately put my wallet in the front pocket of my backpack. I was buying a lot of stuff, and not everything fit in my bag, so I asked for a paper bag. When I got back to my dorm and unzipped my wallet and the little pocket in it to take the key, I froze. The key that I needed was there, but the USB was missing. Inside my dorm room, I checked my whole wallet again, and nothing. 
I put my wallet on a table and went over to my backpack and paper bag. Well, at that moment, I just wanted to evaporate. All of my important work was on it because my laptop was slow, and I expected it to break any time soon. Also, on the USB were pictures of my dog that passed away. I felt burning anxiety in my body. I checked everything at least three times. I pulled every item from the bags, but nothing. There was no USB. To be certain, I continued to check my whole dorm room. I sat on a chair and spent ten minutes not blinking or moving in shock. I clearly remembered putting the key right next to the USB. I had a vivid image in front of my eyes. When I calmed down, but still with tears coming, I called my mom. She advised me to go through my stuff again or to go back to the shop. At that moment, I was absolutely certain that it was lost, 100%. I decided to put what I had bought in my cabinets and in the fridge. As I was reaching for the last item from the paper bag, guess what? My USB. I was shocked, because I put everything out and back, and it was not there. I was relieved, but it didn't make any sense. How did it get there? One, the paper bag was new. Two, I didn't unzip the little pocket in my wallet with a key and USB, as there was no reason to do so. And three, I put my wallet in my backpack. To this day, it does not make sense to me at all. I still talk to my mom about it, and she also can't process this weird thing that happened. How did my USB teleport from a zipped pocket in my wallet into a new paper bag. Why didn't I find it the first time, or the second time, or the third time when I was searching for it? Did my USB teleport, glitch, or was this an angel looking after me and somehow bringing my USB back to me? I guess I'll never know. I have a lot of stories that I'll submit to you in the future, as I feel like this is the right place to share, and... Sending a lot of love to all listeners. At the time, I didn't know that this was a glitch in the Matrix. I truly didn't know what it was. I'd seen the film, of course, but that's Hollywood, right? It's not real life. But then again, what is real? Let me set the scene. It was the summer of 2000. I had started my first real job back in December the previous year, and after six months or so, I had progressed from general office admin duties to route planning and maintenance scheduling. Pretty mundane stuff, I know, but I was happy and comfortable and already had eyes on a promotion. I worked for a local county council transport service, primarily focusing on the elderly and the infirm. It was Friday lunchtime, and that typically meant depositing a large amount of money at the local bank. I was getting ready to leave when one of the drivers came by to drop off a spare set of keys. The guy was a friendly but subdued character, 
who for the purpose of anonymity we will call Bob. Bob had overheard me telling my manager that I would try and be back within 30 minutes or so. Hey, want some company? He said. My next pickup isn't till 2.30. Great, you can buy lunch too, I joked. I liked Bob. We got on. He had a troubled home life, and in all honesty, I felt kind of sorry for him. Sadly, I would later find out that he was involved with some questionable characters who had dealings with the occult and witchcraft, and that in and of itself is another story to tell. Back to the bank. And this is where a truly bizarre incident took place. Bob and I entered the bank at precisely 1.05pm. The huge digital clock above the cashier's desk glaring down at us. We joined the queue, chatting about music and football. An automated voice announced, Cashier number two available. Only, it wasn't. Stood directly in front of that cashier window was a tall and slender gentleman dressed in a formal pinstriped suit, briefcase, cane, and a hat in tow. His hair was white, like brilliant white, yet he looked no older than 30. He had these mesmerizing green eyes, but they were cold, and his movements were stiff, forced, almost robotic. Bob and I looked at each other, and I suddenly became aware that there was nobody else in the bank apart from us and him. I was sure, no, certain, that there had been several cashier windows full of customers not 30 seconds before, yet now, there were none. Bob began to speak when Mr. White, let's call him, banged the tip of his cane on the marble floor three times. The noise seemed absurdly loud. Everything seemed loud, yet silent at the same time. I can't make it make sense, it just was. The door behind us chimed. Bob and I automatically turned to see another Mr. White just standing there motionless, staring. They were dressed identically. Same suit, hat, briefcase, cane, the same brilliant white hair, those empty eyes. Both tall, very tall, in fact, yet slender. It was the same person. I could see Bob's head turning and looking back and forth at the two thin men. I saw his mouth open and him say some words, but there was no sound. He pointed, then his eyes widened in horror. Suddenly, that automated voice reminded us of cashier number two being available. I turned and the window was free. Mr. White had gone. I spun around, and the other Mr. White was gone. The bank was back to how it was. The usual hustle and bustle, and people making small talk, footsteps sounding on the shiny floor. Bob nudged me. We need to make this quick. I'm late for Miss Porter. I gazed up at the clock. Two... 45 p.m. It couldn't be, but looking at my watch, it was. We had been in that queue for one hour and 40 minutes, yet from my perspective, it had been less than 10 minutes. To this day, 
I don't know what Bob saw that made him look genuinely petrified. He had no recollections of the events inside the bank. No Mr. White, no trying to talk but no sound coming out, no terror at whatever he had seen, just nothing. I returned to work shortly after the bank incident and was accused by my manager of taking liberties due to my then two-hour absence. Some 23 years later, I still wondered just what had happened on that Friday afternoon. The Mr. Whites were not like you or I. They had vanished. Gone. Was that what had made Bob react the way he did? Did he actually see Mr. White just disappear? Whatever people may think, I do know for certain that we lost over an hour of our lives, which cannot be explained. Bob also lost his memory of any and all interactions with the Mr. Whites. So, was it alien abduction? Was it some kind of form of psychosis? Or, was it a genuine, actual, first-hand glitch in the Matrix? You decide. Okay, this might get a little long, but I'm trying to include as much detail as possible. Seven and a half years ago, I, 42, female, opened a bar slash restaurant. There was a little alcove area, sort of set back from the main dining room. I decided to hang wallpaper in the alcove, the thick type that looks like tin tiles, if you paint it properly. I hung the wallpaper myself, and while I do most of the design and decoration work in my bars, I'm not incredibly good or exacting at some of the tasks, even though the end product is usually fine. The alcove, maybe 10 foot by 8 foot, had three walls. Instead of a fourth wall, it just opened up into the dining room and had two electrical outlets one on the left wall, and one on the right, if you were standing inside the area with your back to the main dining room. I papered the left wall first, kind of haphazardly. I held a strip of wallpaper up to the section with the outlet, and I made a vague outline of where to cut the wallpaper so that the outlet would be accessible through it. Since I am the way that I am, I didn't line it up perfectly almost, and I had to redo the strip, being more careful that time. I worked my way around the walls clockwise, and about an hour later I got to the second outlet. I was tired, so I made myself measure twice, cut once, so the second outlet would properly line up the first time. While I was meticulously measuring, my buddy John, 42, male, came over to the space to check on my progress. He is way better at home improvement stuff than me, and as soon as he walked into the future restaurant, he laughed, because he knew that I had messed up the first outlet. I admitted that I had been impatient, messed up, and was trying to get the second outlet to work right the first time. Fast forward four and a half-ish years, COVID shutdown was in full effect, and John was helping me work the to-go food pickup window. 
we'd converted to to go only like a lot of restaurants. The unused dining room became a warehouse and storage space of sorts, and we used it for dry food prep and for staging pickup orders. One day I was making some new menus, and John was working the pickup window. I was trying to plug my laminator into the leftmost alcove outlet, but since the dining room was full of dry goods boxes and supply tables, there wasn't anywhere to sit the laminator where its relatively short cord would comfortably reach the left outlet. John saw me looking for a way to arrange stuff, and he said, Just plug it into the right outlet, the good wallpaper one. We laughed, because even though I'd worked so hard on that second outlet, I ended up just shoving a couch against it, and it had not been used since the restaurant opened. So... I moved the couch away from the wall a bit, and you guessed it, no outlet, no cut in the wallpaper, no patch, nothing. I called John over and we just sort of stared at the space where we knew the outlet was. Nothing we came up with satisfied the confusion. I even called my perfectionist amateur handyman dad and asked him if he remembered an outlet there. And of course he did, because I had told him about my attempts to eyeball the first one, and he jokingly reminded me that he had raised me better than that. Three years later, we all still mention this from time to time. Any ideas? Hello, Raven. I've been wanting to submit a story for a while now, but my life's pretty boring, or I just don't notice some things. I've listened to almost every episode on Spotify, so I'm excited to hear my own story in an episode, and I hope that you enjoy. So, I had this necklace with a metal chain and a pink rose quartz crystal that I could hook on to the chain. I forgot where I bought it, but I'd had it for months at this point, with no issues. Eventually, I had broken the chain right where the little clip is, and I couldn't figure out how to fix the necklace, and I wasn't just going to throw it away. I had no other chain that could hold my crystal, so I thought of using super glue to connect the two ends of the chain while the crystal was still hooked onto it. That meant that I couldn't remove the crystal now, but the chain was long enough to just put it right over my head, so I didn't see a problem with it. I definitely underestimated how difficult it would be to hold the two ends still enough until the glue fully dried. So, I gave up after a few tries, and a lot of glue on my fingers and counter. On to the glitch part. I left the necklace alone for a while until I was cleaning out my jewelry bowl and found it. When I did, it was fixed. The two ends couldn't have just fused together, right? I asked if anyone in my family had fixed it because they all knew that I was trying, but no one touched it. There's only three people in my house. My mom, my dad, and my brother. I really expected my brother to be the one to admit that he had fixed it, but he kept denying it. I don't know if he thought I was upset about it, but I was utterly confused. I couldn't wrap my head around it. 
The reason I think he felt that way is because I hate it when he touches my things, but I hadn't been rude or angry at all. My brother has autism, so even though I asked him in a confused way, he may still not have been able to tell if I was mad. Despite what I truly think, I believe my brother, and he and everyone else in the house denied touching or fixing the necklace. I can't wait for another episode, I hope that you enjoyed, and I hope that everyone has a spooky night. Where I used to work, there was a bar with a large cloakroom slash toilets. These were down the end of the bar where weird stuff had always happened. Previously, a staff member's very young child had seen ghost children and asked why they were laughing at him and why the man there was looking at him. They'd been the only ones in the building. Laughter has been heard in the empty toilets when a member of staff checked around before locking up, and the shadows of feet seen walking past in the light under the closed door. However, in the many years that I have worked there, I had never personally experienced anything odd until this occurrence. During lockdown, the owner had taken the opportunity to redecorate, and we all pitched in to help. The ladies' toilets had already been repainted and retiled, and the owner had been putting up decorative finishing touches. I went in to use the facilities, and as I was about to leave the cloakroom area, I noticed the owner had put up a new, very large, gold ornate mirror next to the door. It was big, and so striking that it stopped me in my tracks in surprise. I just wasn't used to seeing a mirror there. It was then that I noticed my reflection, and that my gold chain necklace was missing. I always wear a gold chain. It's fairly long, the box-shaped links catch the light, and are reasonably sized. We're not talking Mr. T size here, but it's not a fine chain either. I was wearing a lowish scoop neck top that day, and had short hair at the time, so its absence was obvious against my skin. The fastening on the chain had been a bit dodgy for a while, but I'd fixed it before lockdown, but the repair wasn't great, and it needed redoing when things reopened, so I assumed it had fallen off. Kicking myself for still wearing it before I had gotten it fixed properly, I retraced my steps and checked in the toilet stall. No joy. So then I turned around to head back to the door, passing the mirror to head into the bar to try to find it. Reaching for the door handle, it was then that I had that feeling that you get when someone standing behind you puts a necklace around your neck to fasten it. The feeling of cold metal on my skin. I turned and looked back in the mirror, and there it was. I still cannot rationalize this. It was just not there. There was no hiding place, like in my hair or behind clothes or whatever, and then it was just back. The usual stuff to mention, I was not under the influence of anything, and it was first thing in the morning, so I wasn't really tired. But glitch in the matrix? Faulty new mirror? <laughs> Who knows? The chain 
has been fixed now, just to make sure. As a statement to make before I actually read this story, those of you who have been around for a while will probably know who AC Smart is. Specifically, you'll know them by their kleptomaniac philodendron baby. If you know those stories, then you know who this person is. Anyways, I've had my first glitch since baby, the kleptomaniac philodendron, dried up seven years ago. Two, actually. Well, three, but two are related. The simplest one is from just a few months ago. A grocery bag of office supplies, coloring books, etc. I collected to donate to a worthy cause. There was a second bag of DVDs and books. I put both of them in my car in the evening, so I wouldn't have to remember the next morning. I live out in the country, and yes, the doors to get to the garage were locked. But when I got to work in the morning, all that was there was the bag of books and movies. The bag of office supplies was missing, and I haven't been able to find it. It's been months, and I cleared everything out for a long-distance trip, and I scoured the house. But the bag of office supplies has never shown up. Now, the second and the third. Well... Remember that long-distance trip that I just mentioned? When I prepared for it last year, I ordered a spare key from my car. I had only received one when I bought the car, and I needed a spare. Long story. Just note for anyone's future, when you buy a car, before you sign anything, make sure that you have two keys for the car. If they don't, Make sure they take responsibility for ordering you a second key, or take $300 off the price of the car, because that's how much a key typically costs. So, I ordered a spare key. When I picked it up, it had a yellow plastic tag attached. But here's the thing. When I opened the back pocket of my hip bag to stow the spare key, there was already a spare key, one with a blue plastic tag attached. Okay, I know what you're thinking. I made a mistake. I actually got two keys, not one, when I bought the car. That's possible. I assumed that was what happened. I did show a friend the three keys, and they remember them. So the existence of the three keys is certain. But that was last year. This year, when I prepared for the trip... I discovered that I still have the spare key with the yellow tag, the one that I purchased. The other spare, however, is missing. Remember, I did show the three keys to my friend, so there were three. Now there are two. The key that I couldn't account for is missing, gone back to whatever neighboring dimension it came from. But here's the thing. The blue tag from the mystery key is still in the back pocket of my bag. So, my mom is an artist. She has a lot of issues with pain, so to buy her some drawing pens, 
the kind that you buy on their own with detachable lids. I took her with me in the car, but I went into the store and I bought them for her. I came out and handed four of them to her. They were on their own and unpackaged. In the store, I had noticed the lids weren't great, and as she was looking at them in the car while I was driving, two of the lids fell into the footwell where she was sitting in the passenger seat of my car. I saw this out of the corner of my eye, and we decided to finish driving home, and then we would get the lids to put them back on. So we get home, and I get out to take something out of the back seat, and there's one of the lids on the back seat. There's no logical way that this could have happened, unless the lid rolled and then bounced up to get into the seat. But I feel that it would have taken a lot of bumps for the lid to get from the floor to the seat. The other lid was still in the front passenger footwell. It left us both puzzled, and as these are special pens, it was definitely the lid for that exact pen. I've never experienced anything like what happened a few hours ago. I was scared at first, but now I'm just baffled. I usually have a pen and an eraser in my bed to write down my dreams in a diary. They're placed beside my pillow. This morning, I used them both in my bed, and then as I was done, I brought both the pen, eraser, and diary with me down from my bed. I sleep in a sort of bunk bed so I have to climb up and down a ladder to reach the mattress. I sat down in my sofa and continued to write in my diary for a bit, and then I placed the items on my sofa table and started to pace around for a while. I clean a little, go to the bathroom, etc. Suddenly, my AirPods run out of battery, and as I remember that I left the case in my bunk bed, I climb up the ladder only to find out that my pen is on my bed. This baffles me, because minutes ago I sat in my sofa writing with that exact pen. The pen moved itself from my sofa several meters up to my mattress in my bunk bed. The pen is a unique pen that I only have one copy of. I live alone in my apartment, and I don't have any pets. I'm 100% sure that I didn't grab my pen and throw it up into my bunk bed, that wouldn't make sense, considering I was sitting in my sofa writing things down. I struggle with mental illness, bipolar, but I've never had hallucinations or experienced delusions before. I am healthy and I take my meds. When I grabbed the pen, it was solid. It was, in fact, in my bed, even though I didn't throw it up onto my bed. Does anyone have an idea of what this could be? Do I have to do something? A part of me is scared, and another part of me is like, it is what it is. Glitches have happened to me a lot in my recent experiences. I saw an airplane in the sky that was not moving twice in my lifetime. I saw a person pass by and then saw them again pass by, like as if they were on a loop. 
Three weeks ago, I was waiting for the public bus, and I saw it coming down the street. It stopped at a light, and it drove past a tall and not-so-wide bush, but it never turned onto my road, and it never continued down the road that it was traveling on. I asked the boy behind me if he saw the bus, and he said no, that he was playing a game on his phone, and then he checked the time. He said that it wasn't coming yet, that it would be there in seven minutes. I looked back at the same road, and here it was, coming back down the road again. It stopped at the light, and when it finally started to move forward behind that tall but not-so-wide bush, it again did not come out of the other end. That's when I realized that something was happening. Yesterday, I was chilling in my room, and I heard my door creep open slowly, and someone walking down the stairs slowly. I could hear their hand rubbing on the wall to keep balance. I locked myself in my room, and I could hear the person start walking slowly in my kitchen. I texted my father and asked if he was the one who came into my house, since he was the only one with my key, knowing that I locked the door, and he said no. I asked him to come to my house right then. In only a few moments, he showed up at my house. I came out of my room, and I quickly scanned every inch of my house. No one. But my dad said my door was unlocked. He left, and we both made sure that the door was locked, and I locked myself in my room. Thinking about what I'd heard, I realized that that's how I myself come into my own house late at night, so as to not disturb the neighbors in the building. So, now I'm left to believe that this was a glitch. I believe I heard another me walk into my own house. This isn't a glitch that happened directly to me, but it makes me grateful that I'm in the universe with a happy ending. My dad just told me something that happened to my grandma. My grandma has Parkinson's disease, which causes her to walk very wobbly. Given how her bones have become weaker from the disease, if she were to significantly fall down, things would not be good. About a year ago, my grandma was walking down the stairs to her basement and when she was three steps from the bottom, she fell down the stairs. But, in the blink of an eye, she was just sitting on the floor normally, completely fine, not in any pain, no blood, just completely fine. I wonder, what if she did fall, pass away in a different timeline, but was transferred to the universe that I'm in? She says that it was her guardian angel looking out for her, but I think it may have been quantum immortality, until it's her destined time to go. This adds to my theory that every human lives a beautiful life until they're in their 90s or 100s, when it's time to peacefully pass on. Hey Raven, I've been listening to your Glitch in the Matrix stories for some six months now, and I truly wondered at first if something like this even exists. 
but having experienced a small glitch yesterday, I think that more spiritual people can experience bigger and apparently impossible glitches. So, my story revolves around a candy. I go to school and there's a weird canteen lady who gives candies instead of the change. So, on Friday, she gave me two candies in return for my eight rupees and change. I'd put them in the frontmost pocket of my school bag and didn't open the bag to take them out until Sunday morning. So, there I was in my bedroom with my mother. We were just talking and I started complaining to her about the canteen lady when I remembered about those candies. I walked up to my bag, which I usually keep on top of my books, on a table in my room. I forgot in what pocket I had kept them, and at first, I searched in the second to the front pocket. Now, a friend of mine had her birthday a few days ago, and in that pocket was another candy, which this friend had given to me. I took it out as well, and then opened the frontmost pocket. I clearly saw those two canteen candies. I clearly remember taking them out. Yes, I admit that I was a little absent-minded as I was talking to my mom, but I know that I had all three candies in my fist. I was closing the zipper when I suddenly felt a slight emptiness in my fist. I opened it, and there were only two candies the birthday girl's one, and then one of the canteens. At first, I thought I had dropped the other canteen candy. I searched in every area where I thought it might be, under the table, inside the dustbin on the side, under and behind the adjacent cupboard, between the piles of books, and I even double-checked those two back pockets. I found it nowhere. My mom suggested that I should ask the maid to find it when she would be cleaning the floor. I did ask her, but she didn't find it either. That candy just disappeared, right from inside my fist. So, I wonder, has it gone back to the weird canteen lady? My reality either underwent a major update, glitched out, or I've slipped into a different reality entirely. It started with noticing a few little things that could be put down to the Mandela effect. I swear that in the reality I grew up in, Worcestershire sauce it was spelled Worcestershire, with an H after the C and it isn't a rare condiment that I only had passing familiarity with. It was a major component of my mom's cooking, and was frequently on the table. I would call it Worcestershire in my head for my whole life, the same way people will think Wednesday when they write Wednesday, even long after they've learned to spell it. I remarked on the spelling change to my husband, and he looked at me like I was an idiot who just didn't know how to spell. Apparently, it's Worcester, Massachusetts here, too. Although even with the CH spelling in my old reality, it was still pronounced Worcester. Those little things made me feel like maybe I was just losing my mind. 
but the other day I was sitting at the light at an intersection that I drive through daily, and sometimes several times a day, and I noticed a sign that I had never seen before, and then realized that a different sign was missing. I've lived in this neighborhood for seven years. There's not much that I haven't seen around here in that time, but I had never seen a faded, weathered white sign on a rusty leaning post that had an arrow directing people to a St. Francis Medical Center. What was there in my reality was a normal blue hospital sign, the kind with the big capital H, with a smaller sign below with an arrow, and the current, and much more unique, name of the facility below that. There have been some more subtle changes in people, places, and things, but I can't really discuss it with anyone I know in real life, because they think I'm half loony already, without telling them something even I wouldn't believe if it weren't happening to me personally. So, here we are. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.